I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily. Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me. Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Ray, thank you so much for joining us on our business show on Mental Health News Radio Network. Yes, sure thing. I'm I'm glad to be on this uh, podcast and to share whatever helpful information I can. Absolutely. Now, tell our listeners, I know we, uh, one of your colleagues reached out to us, Leslie Carter. How did you all find out about our show or our network? So we searched for podcasts on mental health, um, Mm -hmm. specifically for mental health professionals. Gotcha. uh, Because my organization, we provide continuing ed and um, resources to behavioral health professionals. So we wanted to get the word out. And you were one of the top podcasts out there for that. For that specialty. <laughs> yep, we've yep, had, we've yeah, had a for, lot of people. Uh, yeah, for, yeah. For, yeah, for providing good information to uh, behavioral health professionals through a podcast. Right. And we've had, we, we've had you know, multiple people come on and talk about um, telemental health. We actually have uh, one of the sponsors of our network, StepStone Consulting, is... Um, is a, okay. a sponsor for one of our shows and they do telemental health, but they deal with it strictly when it comes to first responders and mental health. So uh, I know they're, they were excited to hear about you coming on and um, seeing what you had to say as well. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. So, so first responders, is that like crisis lines or? Um, EMTs, uh, veterans, okay. um, yep. police officers, firemen. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and I know a lot has been happening with um, telehealth and uh, for EMTs and ambulances so they can get, you know, specialized care uh, and consultations right there on the ambulance rather than having to wait till they get to the hospital. So, yeah, that's interesting. Right, and also um, the shows that we do, we've got several shows that um, are for first responders, and the shows are geared towards uh, the first responders themselves and receiving um, oh, okay. mental health care. So uh, that's what steps ah, on. Okay. I see. On. Yep. Yeah. Sure. So tell, yeah. tell me, our listeners have heard about your background. Tell me, you know, what moved you in the direction of um, getting into telemental health? So after um, getting my master's in counseling and finished my supervision hours, 
when I first started providing counseling, actually my very first client called me asking for phone counseling. Uh, so it's kind of interesting because in my graduate program and in my supervised, um, you know, uh, getting clinical supervision, I didn't learn anything about that. So, like, we learned how to set up the environment in our office, um, you know, sit at the same height as the client, uh, lean forward, you're sitting about seven feet away, um, have them fill out your forms in the office, verify identity in the office, all those things. So my first client over the phone, and I really um, was interested in that because I was already providing coaching, uh, executive coaching, which I primarily was doing over the phone. So I really liked working from home, but I didn't know any of the laws or, or ethics involved or, um, you know, how to register the client from, the dis from a distance and verify their identity and collect payment. So I had to find out information, and I just kind of got hooked. Um, and then people found out that that's what I was providing and it just kind of grew. So my practice grew and then I ended up doing more with it. So mm -hmm. that's how I got started. So yeah, for some reason I just got really hooked on it and I got <laughs> really interested. And then I realized that there was a real gap in knowledge in telemental yes. health, at least at that time. And this was 12 years ago. So I ended up developing uh, training programs for it. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch because um, I also have a consulting firm that works on the electronic health care record side of, of behavioral health. And so it's been really interesting to look for, you know, programs, EHRs that can, you know, that have a telemental health um, module built into their application that actually works and has thought put behind it and, you know, works in, in organizations that offer a multitude of services from psychiatric care to outpatient to inpatient. So uh, that's been interesting. And it's been kind of the wild, wild west in terms of, uh, telemental health. There were a lot of people that came out of the gate early saying they're the expert and come to find later, you know, no one was the expert because no one really knew there there, there wasn't right. anything out there to help you. So it's been kind of interesting to see now that there are experts and um, clear up a lot of the misinformation that's been spread out out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By now, there's some of us that like do it on a daily basis and have been um, involved in telehealth for a long time, but yeah, I definitely agree. Not not that long ago, uh, saying that you're an expert might be questionable because I know for myself over the past 12 years of doing telehealth, it's definitely been a learning curve. I mean, I'm constantly learning things. And like you said about the EHRs, they might have telehealth integrated, meaning that they have like a video conferencing platform integrated into their EHR, um, but like you were saying, like one that actually works. And uh, so they they have definitely improved with the technology, but um, most of them still are pretty glitchy. And, uh, and you know, it depends upon the end users and what technology right. they're using on their end. Um, so it has been getting better, but we, we definitely have a ways to go with that. Uh, it, we definitely have room for improvement. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. So in mm -hmm. terms of you, um, you know, going out and working within the community, what would you say is, you know, sort of the partitions of 
of sectors that you work with? Is it mostly counselors? Or are you also working with agencies and how they provide those services? And kind of give us an idea of, you know, where where you move out into the space to to help people in this field. Yeah. So spend a lot of my time um, providing continuing education courses to clinicians, sometimes organizations that are looking to uh, uh, it, looking to um, like launch a telehealth program will get their clinicians trained. So like the past two days, I had two organizations that are doing that. So they're sending some of their clinicians to my trainings. Most of those that come to my trainings are, you know, individual clinicians that choose to do it on their own just because they they either want to, well, by far most of them want to begin providing telemental health services. Uh, even if it's just a small part of what they do, they want to be able to offer that to their clients and be competent at it. Um, and then I provide a lot of consultations. So those that take my training, uh, Often, well, some of them want help, um, you know, choosing their technology, getting their technology set up, uh, creating their policies and procedures as to how they're going to um, how they're going to provide telemental health services. So I really enjoy that piece. So in terms of like the demographics, um, I would say more than half of those that I provide consultations to are solo practitioners, and then um, some of them are group practices. Uh, between uh, five clinicians and some of them have uh, 25, 30 clinicians. So that's, uh, yeah, that's the demographic. So they're usually just trying to add it on to their practice to give clients that, that option. Gotcha. As you moved into, you know, being able to offer CEUs and things like that for this, how, you know, how did you navigate that when there just, there wasn't even information available through mm-hmm. Medicare or Medicaid or, you know, um, you know, other insurance providers on what exactly oh, okay. is covered and how is it covered and, yeah. you know. Sure. Yeah. So I started providing continuing ed- on telemental health um, maybe five years ago now. I, I just did a training in Atlanta. And there was about five clinicians there that were retaking my training because they took it back in 2015. Uh, So that was about when I started doing it. And at that time, there was some really good information available. So the National Board for Certified Counselors, NBCC, they actually published best practices on distance counseling over 20 years ago. And... Their, their guidance on distance counseling is actually really good. And again, that was over 20 years ago, so it's, it's been a while. And then um, the American Telemedicine Association, they had a very good publication on best practices for telemental health. I think their first one was like in 2003, if I'm right on that. And then again, they published another one in 2009. So they actually had information out for quite a while, too. So those were very good resources. And then um, there there was some uh, professional associations that did address the use of technology and distance counseling, such as the American Counseling Association, uh, Section H in their Code of Ethics is really well done. 
so th there was information to go by. There was actually a lot of research that has already been done on telemental health in terms of its effectiveness. So that right. was there. Um, but I have found that like finding people at that time that were really knowledgeable was very, was quite limited Absolutely. in terms of the, the legalities and ethics and choosing technology. And then, you know, some people were educated, um, very few, but some were educated on the, the laws and ethics. Uh, and yeah, those trainers were hard to find, but, <laughs> um, but then even that, um, a lot of people weren't so educated on choosing and setting up the technology. Right. Uh, and that, that has been getting better, but that's, that's still like a moving target. Even for yes. me, it's a moving target because I'll, I'll find like a, what I think is a, is a pretty good way to go about that and good technology to use. And then I realize, ah, it's really not, not as good as I wish. I think it's because my standards keep going up. And, um, so I keep finding, you know, better technology and better ways to do it. Uh, yeah. So do you, that, that, have that's what it's been like. Okay. Have you had EHR companies kind of try to woo you into giving their, their um, EHR a gold star because they have a, you know, a part of their program that they say is the best when it comes to uh -huh. mental health. <laughs> um, I've had some of them ask me to like market theirs mm -hmm. and, um, and I, I didn't do it uh, because I wasn't a hundred percent happy with their technology. It, it was, it was good, but it wasn't, there was some things I didn't like about it in terms of privacy for behavioral health. Um, so, so I wouldn't do it, but, uh, but I do give people guidance on how to choose an EHR practice management program. There's a practice man man management program that I personally have been using for quite a long time now that I like, and they've made changes that I've recommended and they continue to improve. And it's not perfect. It's, it's certainly not perfect. There's certainly things I uh, would like different about it. Um, but yeah, they, a lot of them have, uh, have improved quite a bit. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't yeah. like say, you know, say use this one or that one. Right. Um, but I, but I do give people some ideas and guidance on how to select that technology. Yeah, I did that for a long time. Actually, doing that uh, consulting has helped me fund and create this network, which is mm -hmm. what I do full time now. Mm -hmm. But um, it's been really interesting to traverse that road as well and see. EHR companies even today that still you have to download and install their software. They're not browser-based. And I'm like, what are you doing, people? Right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I know. the Right. And the, so with, like, video conferencing, there's two basic categories. There is software-based where you have to download it, like what you're talking about there. And then there's the um, web-based, which is uh, WebRTC, where they use the functionality of the internet to be able to, uh, uh, you know, connect to endpoints through video conferencing. So there's the software based and then there's the internet based. Um, the software based, uh, performs a lot better, uh, but that does require downloading the software. Um, but the quality is a lot better and the web based is nice because people don't have to download anything. However, because of, privacy or like security settings on people's browsers, sometimes that even complicates, uh, um, uh, confuses people. 
because they have to allow their camera and microphone, and then they get confused as to how to do that. Sometimes right. it's easy. They just get the pop-up that says, hey, allow or don't allow, and they just click the button. But sometimes they have to go into their privacy settings and, and allow their camera and microphone, and they're not sure how to do that. So even with the browser systems, it, it um, you know some people get confused. So what I like is some of them give you the option. Like you can either download the software and you're going to get better quality or you could use um, the web base, the WebRTC. Right. So I, yeah, I kind of like that where they give you an option one or the other. Right. Hmm. Where, where do you see, you know, this going in terms of finally, uh, making it so comfortable for organizations that they just make it a part of their practice. Because even still, there there are so many questions around what is covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that definitely keeps improving in terms of insurance reimbursement. Uh, that, that's getting better and better. Like I think you mentioned um, first response, uh, I'm sorry, Stepstone. Stepstone who mm-hmm. um, supports first responders. So those were, you know, the VA, the VA just made it very clear last year that employer employees of the VA anyway could see um, clients at their home locations, even right. if those clinicians are not licensed in that state where the client typically is during the time of the session. Exactly. Yeah. So that it really expanded and um Medicare and Medic like okay, so Medicaid, you know, state funded programs, some states are allowing clinicians to see clients directly at their home location rather than requiring that the client is at an approved originating site. So Medicare federal program, you know, requires that the client is at an approved site during the time of the session. And that's what's very restrictive, very restrictive. And um, so they're looking at doing away with that restriction, just like uh, similar to what the VA did with licensure law across states. But so, but in terms of Medicaid, you know, state programs, some states have gotten uh, let go of that restriction. So now the client doesn't have to be an approved originating site. Now, that's only a few states. Most states do require that they're at an approved originating site. Hopefully I'm not confusing people. But like, say, uh, Vermont, right? So Vermont says for their Medicaid program, if a client's at their home, that's fine. It doesn't, you know, doesn't really matter where the client is. You can get reimbursed for telemental health services. Um, whereas, say, New York uh, for street Medicaid or a lot of states for street Medicaid, the client has to go somewhere for that telehealth session, which kind of defeats the purpose. Um, and then for Medicare and Medicaid, the service does have to be provided through video conferencing, which is pretty much across the board in terms of reimbursement right. with private insurance. But I think behavioral health professionals know that um, you can very effectively, with no problem at all, provide psychotherapy over the phone. Um, now, for certain situations, you know, clinicians want to, you know, see the client so they could really assess their affect, you know, their emotional state through the visual cues. But, yeah, people do counseling very effectively and very often over the phone, and it's it's um, very, very convenient 
and overcomes barriers for clients. But that is still quite a barrier that that's not reimbursed. And right. because of that, you know, clinicians are doing it. And uh, out of just not knowing, they're not billing correctly, which is yes. insurance fraud. And some of them are getting busted for it and losing their yeah. practice over it. Exactly. So, and then, and yeah. also too, I mean, we we've seen situations where um, the they do provide telemental health services, but it's at the convenience of wherever the psychiatrist, um, you know, if it's a med check as an example, or the counselor is located, the patient still has to come into the office where then. Uh, you know, oh, someone helps them right. set up the camera. And I mean, I get it. I understand, you know, that's, that's another way of doing things, but you know, I've, I've had, um, you know, people that have come on my show and different advocates that are wheelchair bound or they have, right. um, you know, other disabilities and they're like, why can't I just do this at home? Because me right. having, I'm still having to go to this appointment. Then if something's messed up, or it isn't set right, then I've got to then take a bus or whatever to get back. So there's still a lot of kinks to be worked out for this to, you know, be a comfortable situation for people getting counseling. Yeah. Yep. And where it just becomes more, more common, more of the norm. Um, Like myself, just recently I had to uh, go see a rheumatologist. Um, It was a follow-up appointment, right? So all, I mean, all it was was a conversation that we needed to have uh, to come up with like the next step. And um, so I had to go drive, uh, which is a, it's a 40 minute drive to the appointment, 40 minute drive back. I have to sit in the waiting room waiting for my appointment. Uh, So it took like a huge part of my day where there was absolutely no reason clinically why we couldn't have just talked over the phone um, and, and had that, uh, appointment and I would have saved all that travel time and like exactly. a big part of my day. Yeah. So it's like clinically, it's like totally called for, um, <laughs> and we could have done video conferencing, which is not even really necessary in that situation, but, but yeah, just because, you know, insurance reimbursement, reimbursement, what people are used to, and it's just not, um, it, it, it is catching on. It is, it is growing, but slowly, um, right. I mean, that might be relative to my uh, experience of what's slow and what's quick. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we definitely have a long, long ways to go. I'll give you another example of this. If if you try to find a telehealth provider for anything, it's very difficult to find one. Like, to, to like, do a Google search and, like, find whatever, a cardiologist oh, or a rheumatologist or anything, like for telehealth, and actually just have an appointment through telehealth. Very, very difficult. Um, so what I did least recently is on my website, I just created a telehealth provider directory. So it lists, you know, all different types of healthcare. You know, you just select your state, what your the type of healthcare you want, the type of visit you want. Um, you know, what you want help with. There's a lot of filters so that you can find a telehealth provider for whatever it is that you want. And so because I do telemental health training, I have, you know, plenty of telemental health providers on the directory already. Um, but now what I'm wanting to do is expand that to other types of healthcare to help people, uh, you know, find the care that they want. 
it's a totally free directory. It's free to the providers, free to the public. Um, we just want it to be very user friendly. But yeah, so that it just demonstrates that we we still have a long ways to go with that. So, you know, you're also, you also have the the clinical background and piece to it. And what I love, what I've always loved when I worked way, way, way more heavily in the EHR, you know, technology side of things with mental health is that counselors tend to not have the dual piece of they are technologists and they're counselors. <laughs> that seems to oh, be yeah, a, yeah, right. a rarity. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> yes. that's, yeah it's like... Uh, Maybe one or two people in my trainings, every training, you know, are a little bit techie. Um, right. Yeah, most, most are Maybe not, just yeah. and, and a little bit. And when you say a little bit, like it's a really little bit. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's, you know, they're right. two completely different, different things. So what, what is yeah. it about you that made you, you know, or that you think, you know, made you be able to just dive mm-hmm. into this realm where you have, you know, you do have both feet, uh, you know, your yeah. feet um yeah it's it's a little bit of a mystery to me and your guess might be as good as mine um i I can only like guess why i just love it like why i get really interested and like why i investigate it every day like every day i you know i'm looking into different technology and trying to figure out if it's truly private and effective and uh going to be sustainable like I'm, i'm always researching those things and um so why I have such an interest in that, um, not sure, but I am very analytical. So, like, I have, you know, my bachelor's is in mathematics and economics. I was in a Ph.D. program for economics. So I've got a master's in economics and finance. And so I do have a little bit of that analytical um, right. kind of mindset. So that might have something to do with it. Um but and also I love I love convenience. I love working from home. I have four yeah. I have four young kids. Love being at home. Love the flexibility. And I don't like to do things for no good reason other than because that's what that's because it's just that's because the rule that's how we've always says, done it. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This yeah, antiquated like, rule book yeah. says that you should do it that way. I don't. That doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I like to do like what's what actually works and helps people and is convenient. Like, um, so I love efficiency. Maybe that's what I really, really love mm-hmm. efficiency. Yeah. Well, Raymond, tell our listeners because I believe me, we have so many that are counselors that are going to want to hear this information. So tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and you know your programs. Sure. Yep. So my website is Telemental Health training.com uh so it's pretty easy to remember telementalhealthtraining.com so on the website i have a blog page um there's really good articles there i have resource pages one of the resource pages is i look through all of the 50 states and behavioral health professions in terms of the laws rules and regulations so you can you can choose the state that you're in and find the rules and regulations according to you know that are relevant to telemental health uh, I have free recordings, like free trainings um, that are usually like an hour long on the website. And then I have continuing education trainings available. And then if someone wants consultation, they can just give me a call and we can set up a time and I can help them select technology, come up with the workflow of their telehealth program and actually help them set up the technology rather than them trying to trying to fight with the technology for right. <laughs> however long it takes them to 
get it set up. We'll just meet and we'll get it done real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so telementalhealthtraining.com. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on the show. This is much needed information and, um, and I'll be excited to, you know, get, you know, to see what feedback we're going to hear from our listeners. Sure. Yeah. If there's any other, uh, you know, topics around telehealth, telemental health that you uh, would like, I'd be glad to, um, to provide that for your listeners. And uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And listeners, thank you for tuning in to our mental health business show on mental health news radio. Without good intentions, I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you, I can fight it. Good boy.